When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jeremy Paul, former Wallaby great. Still a great man. JP. Oh, kia ora, white bait fritters, bro. White bait fritters. White bait fritters. And who? No, no salt. No, man. Are you kidding me? But tomato sauce. Tomato sauce was my stable diet, brother, as a kid. Like, it was like, uh, oh, you want to you, you have some cereal, some cornflakes? Yeah, tomato sauce. Yeah, tomato sauce. Yeah, oh, my tomato. goodness. Uh, are you bread or fried eggs? If you're only allowed one oh, at a barbecue. Oh, wow. Well, considering my uncles, right, like when growing up, like they had to have bread at every meal. And actually one of them had to have Bread and jam. Did you have any any of that? Like he had to have jam, man, at every meal. Like you could be having a boil up, uh, could be having fish heads, bread and jam. Um, nah, fried eggs for me, bro. Yeah, I'm nice. a fried egg man. I can't be having that gluten anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, true. You can't. You can't, yeah. mate. Um, big waves. That's why we've got you on our trust, oh. our trusted voice of reason when it comes to Australian rugby. Hamish McLennan. Basically thrown out, no vote of no confidence. I might be, I might be sensationalising a bit there, but it was started, I believe, by West Australia and Queensland said we don't want him there anymore. Well, look, everyone lost, mate. It, it's a results-driven world. Mm. Like it, it, he had to fall on the sword, and the, and the fact he didn't, um, I think, aggravated everyone. <laughs> like it just made things worse. <clears throat> So when when you go and make a call like that, like he did with Eddie Jones, and look, he could have been, again, man, if the Will Skilton, Talita Tupu weren't injured, we did win that game against Fiji, he'd be a legend, mm. right? He would have been he would have been Nostradamus, like called in Eddie Jones, got him to the maybe the semifinals, and we wouldn't and he'd be an absolute legend and be there for the next four years. So you live and die by your decisions in any type of sporting organisation that demands results. So, but bro, what about this? Daniel Herbert, every single person now that is in control of Rugby Australia I played with. Yeah. I know, I know. And that's why you're just going to be our leak over here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sub, you reckon, I'm a sub. Only to, um, only to me, bro. I'll say I can't, I can't uh, divulge my source, but I've heard. Uh, look, <laughs> but I've heard only to the far note. Now, well, look, that, that's the big thing, right? Like is the centralisation um, and talking about central. The, the next big thing is is the rugby director. Um, and that's sort of something we've always needed. Um, this whole centralization side of things, look, at the end of the day, it's just a big fancy word to have one rugby program. Like, mm. uh, uh, there's a, there's big issues though for me with regards to super rugby sides. Um, look, the, the rugby program, yes, because you need 
that progression and skill. So, for example, you go back to the Brumbies, you go and play for the Wallabies, you're doing the same skill. Like, say, for something as simple as a loose head prop with his outside foot up, like with the Wallabies and with the Brumbies. Whereas back before, you'd be playing with the Brumbies and your left foot would be back and you in your wall and in the wallabies your 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 outside foot would be up does that make sense like yeah, just simple yeah. little little changes but there's no progression in the skill and what always happens under under huge fatigue is you go into pilot and you'll always revert back to your bad habits any or to your normal habits anyway so that's the whole trickling from the top to the bottom it's mate i use the example why is every person in australia throwing differently as a hooker and who is teaching them like who's teaching them that is one skill that can be taught across everyone should be throwing the same so that that's the that's the essence of the rugby program right like where we can get this trickling down to the bottom so grassroots where we can get um obviously grassroots rugby learning these skills across the board all being taught the same so they can get an opportunity to go to super rugby and then continue with that skill over years and years and that's the whole point of centralization in terms of which we asked for over 20 years ago Mm. now the other part is the administration side and that's where we talk about corporate dollars i remember speaking to when we played the crusaders back in the early 2000s and i felt for the crusaders because the whole centralization in terms of the sponsorship dollars right like they were getting paid the exact same amount of money when they'd won like four or five championships to like the Otago Highlanders who hadn't won anything. And so from a corporate sense, it doesn't make sense to me. But Rugby Australia also need the money. So that's the other part too is that why would someone like the Queensland Reds give up? Mate, they own Ballymore. Like they've got massive new developments. They've got huge corporate backing up there and have a really good book. Mate, they've always been positive. So... I think there's still a lot to be nutted out with the administration side of the centralisation. Like it's really about the corporate dollars or it's really about the dollars, mate. But mm. in terms of the rugby program, that needs to be implemented instantly. But it's, you know, it's funny for me, bro. I said this to three CEOs ago. Like, <laughs> so when Bill Pulvner was the CEO, because yeah. on TV I came out and called him a cockroach. <laughs> well, it was actually it was actually sincere. It was a sincere thing. Actually, <laughs> let me put it into context, because he, he should have been sacked, and he was like surviving, surviving. I was like, man, this guy's a cockroach. Like, he could survive a nuclear bomb. This bloke. Like, you've got to respect that. He's a fighter. Anyway, we've run into each other at a Brumbies game, and he's pulled like we've run outside, and it's got a little bit heated. Like, he was like, well, what would you effing do, Jeremy? Like this one. I said, well, firstly, I don't get paid what you get paid a million bucks to do this. But here's a bit of free advice. Get all the stuff. Mate, we don't have that many stakeholders. Mm. We've got five super rugby teams, two premier rugby grassroots competitions, and then the Wallabies. That's all our stakeholders in terms of our premier rugby program. Get them all in one room. Don't leave the room until you walk out and you're all aligned. I, mate, I said this eight years ago. Well, I've been, we've been also saying this when I was part of the Rugby Union Players Association for 20 years. Align the rugby programs, mate. Align them. It's it's ridiculous that players were going and being taught different skills at Super Rugby and then going into Wallaby camp and they were completely the opposite. It just it never made sense to me. Has <clears throat> we've talked about the depth of players in Australia probably can't service um, adequately five super teams have you got the coaches you, you talked about no, you talked about execution not. of core skills so is that does that need to be addressed before the players well here's actually a point too bro is like 
why are there people working in Rugby Australia that have been supposedly looking after the high-performance unit and, and also the coaches, and there are two people in particular that have been there for over 14 years. <laughs> Mate, they've seen, they've seen five to six different coaches and five to six different CEOs, but they still have a job. <laughs> and where are we, man? We've got no coaches. Like, look, look, again, we are in a position to be trying to select a Wallaby coach, and we don't have any candidates. No, we've got nothing. So, again, mate, this, yes, we don't have the coaches. And that, mate, I go back to my example again where a kid played, starts playing at five, gets to 18, 13 years of playing, 13 different coaches, taught 13 different ways. Mm. So, yes, the, the rugby, the, the centralisation side of things of the rugby program is where we then can create a brand new coaching level. So, we, you know, you've got your standardised coaching levels one, two and three. So, basically, you learn how to coach rugby, you're coaching rugby in level two and then learn, um, how to coach professionally on level three. And those sort of three different levels have been disastrous. Man, I did the course eight years ago and publicly came out and said, this is the worst thing I've ever... They didn't spend one day in a super rugby side, mate, mm. for our level three coaching. Like, how are you meant to coach professionally if you've never actually sat... Mate, I, I was blowing up. And and I see this as a direct result of why we got lack of coaches, mate. Like, we don't have any, but Look, there's a couple of good ones in New Zealand. We can, I know Ian Foster's looking for a job. Fozzie, if you ever want a job, mate, just just hit the old JP up, bro. I got some. I know some people. <laughs> you see, he's being him and Joe Smith are being touted as Montpellier coaches. Well, Joe Smith's their first choice, but if he says no, Ian Foster's in line for Montpellier. Interesting. Oh, why would no? Nah, why wouldn't you, man? The Bucks are over in France. Like, there's a lot of money over there, and particularly after the the World Cup, right? Like, there's, there's cold countries behind them, and you'll always get this. You know, the 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 in our entire history in the game in the professional era in Australia, there's only been two times when we've beat beaten the other codes for participation numbers and that was after that was in 92 and in 2000 after we won the world cup now i know france didn't win it but geez they gave even more support after that mm. and just quickly before we go just while we've got you on michael hooper to sevens i love it isn't it amazing yeah mm. i caught up with hoops um not so long ago and saw him at the rugby union players association lunch and um oh Mate, for a bloke who supposedly didn't have any uh, ambition or <laughs> wasn't in the right place in his career, look at him. He's gone and picked the hardest sport. But what a carrot. Mm. Who wouldn't want to have played in the Olympics? I remember I got asked. I was at, we were doing the beep test in the early 2000s when Matty Rogers and Wendell and Lottie came over and they were going to play the sevens in Brisbane. And the clo- coach, Glenn Adder, said to me, JP, if you get over 13 on the beep, you can come play in the sevens. I pulled out at 12.9. There was no way I was playing sevens. There was no way. That, that game way too too much space, too much space. Way too much space. But, yeah, what a, what a great mate. What a great move. Like, to finish, he's done everything in the game. Unfortunately, he hasn't won too much. But, you know, having the opportunity to go to the Olympics and experience that Olympic village and just the, the Olympics as a whole, wow, what a way, what a way. And, he actually comes off pretty well on stand too, man. Like I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if the guy moves into commentary. As mm. a, he has a wonderful aura around him and presence, and I love everything about Michael Hooper. And I, we've 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 always said this, haven't we, bro? Like from the start, we thought it was a rough it was a rough call that he never made. It. You, don't, you just don't treat legends like that. No, yeah, just just one of the absolute greats. Oh, oh, and to finish off, bro, I'll finish off. 
just with my Australian cricket team winning the uh, the World Cup, can I just uh, can I just <laughs> yeah, oh, just had to put that in. Just had to put that. We will in. catch up one more time before Christmas. My last show before Christmas. I have to get you on. Oh, 100%. See you there, bro. See you, boy. There he is, Jeremy Paul out of Australia. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back shortly.